length it all came forth in a flood of burning words. I love you, Rosamund. I love you, all of you, as I have ever loved you, though I did not know it till the other day, that of the fight, and ever shall love you, and I seek you for my wife. I know that I am only a rough soldier-man, full of faults, not holy and learned like Godwin. Yet I swear that I would be a true knight to you all my life, and if the saints give me grace and strength, do great deeds in your honour, and watch you well. Oh, what more is there to say? Nothing, Wolf, answered Rosamund, lifting her downcast eyes. You do not wish that I should answer you, so I will thank you. Yes, from my heart, though in truth I am grieved that we can be no more brother and sister, as we have been this many a year, and be going. Nay, Rosamund, not yet. Although you may not speak, surely you might give me some little sign, who am in torment, and thus must stay until this time to-morrow. For instance, you might let me kiss your hand. The pact said nothing about kissing. I know not of this pact, Wolf, answered Rosamund sternly, although a smile crept about the corners of her mouth. But I do know that I shall not suffer you to touch my hand. Then I will kiss your robe, and seizing a corner of her cloak, he pressed it to his lips. You are strong, and I am weak, Wolf, and cannot wrench my garment from you, but I tell you that this play advantages you nothing. He let the cloak fall. Your pardon. I should have remembered that Godwin would never have presumed so far. Godwin, she said, tapping her foot upon the ground, if he gave a promise, would keep it in the spirit as well as in the letter. I suppose so. See what it is for an erring man to have a saint for a brother and a rival. Nay, do not be angry with me, Rosamund, who cannot tread the path of saints. That, I believe, but at least, Wolf, there is no need to mock those who can. I mock him not. I love him as well as you do. And he watched her face. It never changed, for in Rosamund's heart were hid the secret strength and silence of the East, which can throw a mask impenetrable over face and features. I am glad that you love him, Wolf. See to it that you never forget your love and duty. I will, yes, even if you reject me for him. Those are honest words, such as I looked to hear you speak, she replied in a gentle voice. And now, dear Wolf, farewell, for I am weary. Tomorrow, he broke in. Ay, she answered in a heavy voice. Tomorrow I must speak, and you must listen. The sun had run his course again, and once more it was near four o'clock in the afternoon. The brethren stood by the great fire in the hall, looking at each other doubtfully, as, indeed, they had looked through all the long hours of the night, during which neither of them had closed an eye. "'It is time,' said Wolf, and Godwin nodded. As he spoke, a woman was seen descending from the solar, and they knew her errand. "'Which?' asked Wolf, but Godwin shook his head. "'Sir Andrew bids me say that he would speak with you both,' said the woman, and went her way. "'By the saints, I believe it's neither,' exclaimed Wolf with a little laugh. "'It may be thus,' said Godwin, "'and perhaps that would be best for all.' "'I don't think so,' answered Wolf, as he followed him up the steps of the solar. 
Now they had passed the passage and closed the door, and before them was Sir Andrew, seated in his chair by the fire, but not alone, for at his side, her hand resting upon his shoulder, stood Rosamund. They noted that she was clad in her richest robes, and a bitter thought came into their minds that this might be to show them how beautiful was the woman whom both of them must lose. As they advanced, they bowed first to her and then to their uncle. While lifting her eyes from the ground, she smiled a little in greeting. "'Speak, Rosamund,' said her father. "'These knights are in doubt and pain.' "'Now for the coup de grace,' muttered Wolf. "'My cousins,' began Rosamund, in a low, quiet voice, as though she were saying a lesson. "'As to the matter of which you spoke to me yesterday, I have taken counsel with my father and with my own heart.' You did me great honour, both of you, in asking me to be the wife of such worthy knights, with whom I have been brought up, and have loved since childhood as a sister loves her brothers. I will be brief as I may. Alas, I can give to neither of you the answer which you wish. Coup de grace indeed, muttered Wolf, through hauberk, gambeson, and shirt right home to the heart. But Godwin only turned a trifle paler and said nothing. Now there was a silence for a little space, while from beneath his bushy eyebrows the old knight watched their faces, on which the light of the tapers fell. Then Godwin spoke. We thank you, cousin. Come, Wolf. We have our answer. Let us be going. Not all of it, broke in Rosamond hastily, and they seemed to breathe again. Listen, she said, for if it pleases you— I am willing to make a promise, which my father has approved. Come to me this time two years, and if we all three live, should both of you still wish for me to wife, that there may be no further space of pain or waiting, I will name the man whom I shall choose, and marry him at once. And if one of us is dead? asked Godwin. Then, replied Rosamund, if his name be untarnished, and he has done no deed that is not knightly, "'Will forthwith wed the other?' "'Pardon me,' broke in Wolf. "'She held up her hand and stopped him, saying, "'You think this a strange saying, and so perhaps it is. "'But the matter is also strange, and for me the case is hard. "'Remember, all my life is at stake, "'and I may desire more time wherein to make my choice, "'that between two such men no maiden would find easy. "'We are all of us still young for marriage.' "'for which, if God guards our lives, there will be time and to spare. "'Also in two years I may learn which of you is in truth the worthier knight, "'who to-day both seem so worthy.' "'Then is neither of us more to you than the other?' asked Wolf outright. "'Rosamund turned red, and her bosom heaved as she replied, "'I will not answer that question.' "'And Wolf should not have asked it,' said Godwin.' Brother, I read Rosamund saying thus, Between us she finds not much to choose, or if she does in her secret heart, out of her kindness, since she is determined not to marry for a while, she will not suffer us to see it, and thereby bring grief on one of us. So, she says, go forth, you knights, and do deeds worthy of such a lady, and perchance he who does the highest deeds shall receive the great reward. 
for my part I find this judgment wise and just, and I am content to abide its issue. Nay, I am even glad of it, since it gives us time and opportunity to show our sweet cousin here, and all our fellows, the metal whereof we are made, and strive to outshine each other in the achievement of great feats, which, as always, we shall attempt side by side. Well spoken, said Sir Andrew. And you, Wolf? Then Wolf, feeling that Rosamund was watching his face beneath the shadow of her long eyelashes, answered, Before heaven I am content also, but whatever may be said against it, now at least there will be two years of war in which one or both of us well may fall, and for that while at least no woman can come between our brotherhood. Uncle, I crave your leave to go serve my liege in Normandy. And I also, said Godwin. In the spring, in the spring, replied Sir Andrew hastily, when King Henry moves his power. Meanwhile, bide you here in all good fellowship, for who knows, much may happen between now and then, and perhaps your strong arms will be needed as they were not long ago. Moreover, I look to all three of you to hear no more of this talk of love and marriage, which in truth disturbs my mind and house. For good or ill, the matter is now settled for two years to come, by which time it is likely I shall be in my grave, and beyond all troubling. I do not say that things have gone altogether as I could have wished, but they are as Rosamund wishes, and that is enough for me. On which of you she looks with the more favor, I do not know, and be you content to remain in ignorance of what a father does not think it wise to seek to learn." A maid's heart is her own, and her future lies in the hand of God and his saints. Where let it bide, say I. Now we have done with all this business. Rosamund, dismiss your knights, and be you all three brothers and sister once more till this time two years, when those who live will find an answer to the riddle. So Rosamund came forward, and without a word gave her right hand to Godwin, and her left to Wolf, and suffered that they should press their lips upon them. So for a while this was the end of their asking of her in marriage. The brethren left the solar side by side as they had come into it, but changed men in a sense, for now their lives were afire with a great purpose, which bade them dare and do and win. Yet they were lighter-hearted than when they entered there, since at least neither had been scorned, while both had hope, and all the future, which the young so seldom fear, lay before them. As they descended the steps, their eyes fell upon the figure of a tall man clad in a pilgrim's cape, hood, and low-crowned hat, of which the front was bent upwards and laced, who carried in his hand a palmer's staff, and about 